Creative believers are encouraged to be great artists. My name is Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, if you haven't done so, please subscribe or follow this podcast. And then if you can, if it's possible, give us a five-star review, uh, anything less, and forget about it. Uh, if you would also like to advertise on this podcast, you can do that. You can email me at mattcastworld. That's all one thing there. Mattcastworld at gmail.com. So I had a heart attack. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in this audience will probably know that, but maybe not everyone. And you've been wondering, where's Matt been? What's been, uh, what's been going on? I haven't seen an episode in a month and a half or so. Um, that's your answer. <laughs> Uh, I, I really, I'm not sure how many in this audience were aware of that, but uh, that's why we were on a bit of a hiatus. Um, it happened about six weeks ago, uh, and it actually happened only hours, not kidding, hours after I posted the latest episode, the one prior to this one. Um, and I was, uh, I was at home, I had eaten dinner. I was uh, watching television, and I suddenly felt a pretty massive pain in the center of my chest. Uh, I had never felt anything like that before. Uh, I've had people say, you know, I've wondered if I had a heart attack, and I respond, oh, you'll know. (laughs) Um, I I think I lived in denial for about 10 to 15 minutes and thought, you know, maybe, maybe I, it was food poisoning or something. Something had just really gotten a hold of me and um, maybe it could be uh, taken care of quickly, but it would, it would not let up. And then I felt the pain in my left arm. And then I, I think instinctively knew. Uh, I called my, my dear friend who is a physician's assistant and because uh, by then I had also broken out into a cold sweat just all over. I had to grab a towel and just wipe myself down. Um, he said, you know, if you were my patient, I would, I'd say go to the ER. So uh, I drove myself there. <laughs> Don't, I know, you're getting mad. Don't get, stop, get mad. Don't get mad, please. Uh, but, you know, I was being a cheapskate. I'm like, I'm not paying a thousand bucks for an ambulance ride for two miles, you know. So uh, when I when I got to the hospital, um, thankfully the ER was uh, empty, and uh, the the lady behind the desk <clears throat> asked me if I was having chest pains. I was like, Wow! It's like I'm wearing a sign. And <clears throat> within a minute and a half, I was in one of their care rooms, and I was besieged by about 10 people who were asking me to sign this, answer this, uh, give them this piece of information, and it was all kind of happening at once. They're, they're giving me some sort of a chest x-ray, and uh, an EKG. I mean, I'm getting the... It's like a NASCAR pit stop is what it was. 
The only thing missing was this, like the brrrf, brrrf sound, you know, <laughs> taking the lug nuts off the tires. Uh, and one of the, uh, I would say, uh, older physicians in the room, she looked very like, like a seasoned pro. She said, Mr. Anderson, have you ever had a heart attack? And I said, no. And she goes, you're having one now. And I thought, wow. Okay, it's official. And then I heard the words being bandied about life flight. And that's when I realized I was about to go on one of them, their helicopters. And suddenly, uh, you know, my, my drive, <laughs> my, my uh, plan to avoid the ambulance has now led me into a helicopter ride. And my local hospital here is connected to the uh, Cleveland Clinic Health System. If you know anything about the Cleveland Clinic, it is, if not one of, it is the best heart hospital in the world. And how fortunate I am and blessed I am to have that in my backyard. And I realized they were going to helicopter me to the main campus, uh, which they did. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to get too detailed here, but um, whatever glamour you think is associated with that is quickly disabused when you are, when you are lying on a gurney in 20 degree weather with 20 mile an hour winds, and uh, pretty much the only thing on you is two blankets. Uh, that was that was quite a quite a thing. So we finally landed at the main campus downtown, and I was taken into a um, into a catheterization lab where my surgeon informed me that they were going to perform a heart catheterization. And they actually went through my wrist, which is something I had never heard of before. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I was awake for the entire procedure. Maybe they put me out and I didn't realize it, but I don't remember any anesthesia. I, I think I was awake because I kept, it was a very, you know, I, I'm kind of a bigger guy. And my, my arms kept going outside those rails on the gurney and they would get mad at me and tell me to tuck them back in again. Um, so that alone probably kept me from getting incredibly comfortable and the thing they're sticking through my anatomy. Um, so they, uh, I guess they found four uh, partial blockages and uh, they inserted two stints. Um, they felt like the rest could be handled with medication. The next... Uh, they wheeled me into ICU after that, and I, again, I was conscious the whole night, didn't really sleep, of course, but um, by the next morning, they performed an echocardiogram, uh, which is a lot like an ultrasound, and um, the doctor informed me that there was no permanent heart damage done, for which I thank the Lord, and I do thank all the physicians and nurses at the clinic um, they, they really do tremendous work. Uh, and I remained in the hospital for about five days. Uh, they were waiting for my blood pressure to come down because it was sky high. And that's also when I found out uh, I'm a type 2 diabetic. Um, and so they were working on different uh, combinations of things to get my blood sugar level to where it needed to be. And once it became stabilized and somewhat normal uh i was released and um and now it's uh now it's all me <laughs> taking 
lots of medications, um, lots of uh, injections. Um, so it's kind of my life now. And I used a uh, I used a Matcast line. You'll be you'll be interested to hear this. I was talking with. Uh, an endocrinologist, specifically about the blood sugar issues. And we were walking through the different things I need to do now as a diabetic. And she said, so Matt, do you think you're going to be able to handle this? And I said, um, I said, you know, doctor, there's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Shawshank Redemption, but there's a, uh, there's a line near the end of the movie. The main character says, get busy living or get busy dying. And if you listen to the last episode, you know what that means. And I said, I've decided to get busy living. And she said, all right. And uh, so, you know, I got to use my own material there, which really isn't my material. But uh, that was kind of the conclusion that I came to. And uh, for those of you out there who have had much more serious medical things happen to you, you all kind of have to make that decision, don't you? I, I'm not sure how I would have handled a cancer diagnosis. It's not easy. Or any other debilitating or degenerative disease. I mean, there's, there's a lot of wicked stuff out there because there's sin in the world. And we all brought it here. But if you have been there, you do kind of have to make that choice. You have to decide if you're going to get busy living or get busy dying. Nobody may actually say it that way, especially the, the latter, but they'll show it by their actions. And I thought, well, I can either just let this overwhelm me or we can say, let's live in such a way that maybe we can conquer it. I mean, I'm fortunate in the sense that I can get to a place if I behave where hopefully I can get off the insulin and off the injections and have it controlled by diet. That's going to take a while. It's going to take me behaving very well for a long time. But some folks don't have that option. But we still have the same choice, don't we? And if we're going to get busy living, then I think as artists, eventually we have to come back to creativity. What I want to do after this break is to talk about creating through trauma. I'll try to give you my best assessment <laughs> as to what that looks like uh, when we come back in a moment.
My friend Jordan Beal has an exciting new book I want to tell you all about. It's called The Process of a Leader. Now, there are many pastors and Christian leaders who have become discouraged and quit over the last few years. In fact, according to the Barna Research Group, 38% of pastors wanted to quit the ministry last year. Leading is hard, and the pandemic made it harder. Well, the process of a leader was written to help leaders stay the course and glorify the Lord through their leadership. In the book, Jordan uses biblical examples of leadership like Gideon and Joseph and, of course, most notably, Jesus. Through them, we discover that our true joy as leaders is not in crowds or successful campaigns. It's, it's not in likes or clicks or shares, but rather true joy comes in obedience to the Father, to knowing that we're loved as leaders, knowing we are His children. And the understanding of our adoption will help leaders endure tough seasons. Then our joy is full, like Jesus promised in John 15. We're full of gratitude and we're passionate to use the gifts that God gave us to bring others into what we have experienced, into His family. So if our goal as leaders is to bring others into, quote, my church or my organization or even look important or reach a certain leadership status or some misperception of success, we've made a grave error. And that error can lead us right out of joy and God's will and really almost certainly into harm. The process of a leader is about returning to the why of Christian leadership. It's about first leading the person in the mirror. For individual copies, you can buy them at Amazon and Walmart. If you would like to buy in larger quantities, for maybe for your team or your small group or friends, visit theprocessofaleader.com. Theprocessofaleader.com for great deals. Make an important investment in yourself and those you lead. Buy The Process of a Leader today. All of us face trauma of one sort or another. Let's put it on a very common level. I've heard some really good podcasters recently say that with COVID, it seems that all of us have been through trauma. Whether it's through lockdowns or having contracted the virus once or twice, or a family member, maybe losing a family member. In a sense, we've all been through some sort of trauma over these last two years. And then there's the kind of trauma that really hits us personally. Maybe it's the, really, it is the loss of a family member or a friend, or we lost our job because of COVID, or we've been diagnosed, and now our health has been thrown into the fire. 
And if we call ourselves artists and creators, how do we create in the midst of that? Because I, I can't answer for you, but anytime I've been through a tough time or a traumatic time in my life, the last thing I want to do is create stuff. Now, some can just do that and just channel that in some way. Um, that hasn't been my experience here in the last six weeks. That's why you haven't heard from me in a little while. So what I, what I want to do quickly here, I'm not going to belabor this, but I want to give you just sort of seven, seven items here about creating through trauma. And you take these as you like them. They, I'm not going to try to make my situation your situation. Uh, but if you're just looking, looking for some kind of advice or, or, or maybe you've recently been through trauma or you just hang on to this uh, for whenever that happens. Number one, when trauma occurs, number one, thank Jesus and take stock. I mean, I, I had plenty of reasons to, to thank the Lord in the midst of, I wasn't feeling very thankful at the beginning. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I'm going to live my life differently now. And, and that's cool when that happens. I don't, I don't know how permanent that becomes. Um, for me, I, I didn't have regrets. I mean, we could always do things better, for sure. But I knew I loved the Lord. I knew He loved me. I'm grateful for the life He's given me. I'm grateful for the people I've been able to interact with, who I've blessed, who have blessed me. My only really re regret, if you want to call it that, was just how I was treating myself, because that's what, that's what put me on that table, <laughs> was, was just bad habits and, and, um, and real just sloppiness on my part. And there's just no denying it. I won't even try to. But I was so overwhelmed by the response of, of God's people through social media and, and other ways. Um, I, I can't tell you what that meant to me. It was. It really was overwhelming. It was overwhelming, and I, I got that sense of the family of God doing their thing. You know, we we don't have the capacity to operate that like that all the time because we're very we're still sinful creatures. I think in heaven though, that's how we're going to operate constantly. No one's going through trauma, but I think we're going to be on one hundred percent the entire time, and it won't. It, it won't de-energize us. So whatever it is, thank Jesus that he's with you. He didn't cause this. Don't blame him. He didn't strike you. He didn't punish you. But he is with you. And just take stock of all that he's given and blessed you with. Number two. Sounds obvious. Stay connected to the Lord and others. When you, uh, when you go through something like this, the, uh, the tendency is to isolate. You know, one of the nice things about having a podcast is that it allows me to tell a lot of people what happened at once. I, that's probably what's great about social media. <laughs> uh, this would be a hard story to tell 500 times. And uh, now I could just say, hey, listen to my podcast. You'll get the whole story. <laughs> Um, it's easy to isolate during times like this when you're grieving, right? 
really easy to isolate. Because people aren't always the best at what they say. They feel like they have to quote you a scripture. They feel like they have to fix you in 16 seconds and give you the Hallmark movie answer that puts the cute little bow on the package. And we church folk love to do that. We love to fix people instantly with two or three sentences. And and that doesn't always work. In fact, it never works. But we still need to stay connected. So find, obviously, don't push the Lord out. And then find the people who still energize you at this stage. There will be, there will probably be only a select few right now when you go through trauma. But they should be there. I pray they're there. And you'll have to kind of lean on them for a little bit. And if, if they are the people we believe they are, they'll understand that and they'll handle it. So stay connected. Number three, grieve. When there is trauma, there's also loss. And grief brings on every emotion, sometimes within seconds. And there are, there are going to be dark moments along the way. And sometimes you and I are going to think and say very politically and spiritually incorrect things probably to the Lord, but we may say them to our friends. We may say them to our pastor. I hope they can handle that. I hope they don't freak out on you. But we have to have the room to say that that's all part of the healing process. When we keep it trapped in and we're like, no, I can't say those things. Well, you believe in it right then. You do. You do. I'm not getting into this whole, don't confess it, brother. You know, sheesh. It's, it's within you and you're thinking it. Get it out. Get it out. If you need to bring it up with the Lord and just say, why, why did you do this to me? Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You're like, well, you know, he was intentionally quoting Psalms for the purpose of prophecy. It's what he was feeling, too. He didn't do something stupid out of context. He was speaking like any human would in that moment. And yeah, it was a prophecy. Yeah, it was from the Psalms. But he was being real. I would say allow those dark moments to happen and, and, and do keep that contained with the Lord and maybe with those few folks, because if not, it's going to come out in probably worse moments and worse situations. But, hey, it happens in grief sometimes. But work it out with God. This is, a, this is an ongoing process. Everyone around you is going to be over it within a week or two. And they should. It's, it's not their thing. But you're still dealing with it. And there's part of you that wonders, well, I guess everybody else is happy. What happened to me? No, this is, this is all part of grief, all part of it. And sometimes creatively, we, we feel like we have to get back in the saddle too quick. And we haven't grieved it properly. And so whatever we do or whatever we make is going to be, you know, I'll talk about that in a second. If you're just making stuff for you, 
all right, go for it. But I've made the mistake of preaching too soon after a tragedy. I've, I've done that a couple of times because I wanted to honor the commitment I had made, but I was a wreck. I remember on both occasions I had, I had lost someone. One was literally, and the second was figuratively, but it was way too quick. And then suddenly I was in front of an audience and then I started really vomiting on them. It wasn't pretty. I should have held off on that. So yeah, grief, grief. Don't, don't push yourself too quickly, which is number four, because creating takes energy. So don't push it because you, you need to, you need to steward your energy as much as you can when you've been through trauma. And, and that means you, you might just need to sit on the couch and you might have to take lots of walks and you might have to do a lot of reading, a lot of reflecting, a lot of movie watching. There may be a lot of Netflix and chill. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's okay. You're going to feel the sense of, oh man, I'm being lazy. Grief is not laziness. This is a thing. This is a, this is a real cloud that you're going to have to persevere through. And if, if we feel the need to have to get back to making, making, creating, creating, um, we're not going to like what we make, first of all. And it's going to take needed energy away from what we need personally in the moment. So I would just say this too. There will be a lot of people who want to get with you. Uh, you know, they'll say, hey, we'll give it a few weeks, but then let's grab lunch or coffee. I would say... You, really schedule it out and really and delay it because that's going to take a lot more energy than it ever did, even though they're wonderful people, even though they are. But out, outside of that most inner circle of your life, everyone else, there, there are going to be rings of people who are um, more energy taking than energy producing. They didn't used to be that way. But when you're grieving, when you've been through trauma, Almost everybody is taking energy from you. And they're, they're just wanting to see how you're doing and, and stay in your life, and, which, is, which is great. I would just say try to, try to map those things out, spread them out. Don't feel an obligation to keep everybody happy. <laughs> that might have been what got you here in the first place. That was a note to me. So don't push it. Creating takes energy. Number five, don't get stuck, though. This is the other side. Don't get stuck or fall into the all or nothing thing. In other words, and this is where it gets dangerous. Sometimes we can get so into the valley that we never want to climb out. And we never, we never grab Jesus' hand so he can pull us out. And we start to like it a little too much. And we can start to turn into a victim if we're not careful. And that can become our identity. So don't get stuck in that. And, and don't do the whole, I either go at full pace or I don't do anything. I would ask you to find a medium. Don't go at full pace, but don't do nothing. Because the longer that goes, and I think that's what finally got me to doing what I'm doing today. I thought if I go any longer, this could be delayed forever. And I don't want to do that. 
So don't get stuck there in the valley. Number six, once you're climbing, make something, even if it stinks. <laughs> this episode might qualify. Um, I just decide I need to make something, even if it's a podcast episode. I, I just I need to make something because I know that's going to bring emotionally and spiritually something that really almost nothing else can do. So again, now this is obviously for everybody, unless I think this is awful and no one will hear it. But just the act of doing this, honestly, for me, is helping. I, even as I'm speaking into this microphone, uh, I can sense God breathing life um, in me. And that's, that's why we do this, folks. That's why we create. Because we sense God's hand and God's breath upon it. And then finally, number seven, get affirmation from the Lord. He's still the best cheerleader you're ever going to have. If you're married, be thankful for your spouse. Please don't expect your kids to affirm you. (laughs) That won't happen until they're 30. Uh, don't, Don't look to your employer. Don't look to your closest friends. Because the Lord knows every feeling. The Lord knows every dark corner that you've thought and expressed. And he wants to speak into that and tell you how proud he is that you have hung in there and not given up. So I hope that helps in creating through trauma. Um, Feel free to dismiss this at your leisure. This is just stuff that I've, I've been thinking through over the last number of weeks as I try to step back into this. So I want to thank you for your patience as a Madcast listener. Um, thank you for your patience while I've been through this and in this, and I will be for a little bit in this process. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, it means so much. And we appreciate you being a part of the Madcast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our Madcast family. If you do have questions or comments, you can email me at matcastworld at gmail.com. Uh, our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information about our, uh, our resources or listen to our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.